0: The Seeing Beyond Risk, a podcast series from the Canadian Institute of Actuaries. I'm Chris Fivoli, Staff Actuary, Communications and Public Affairs at the CIA. In today's episode, we will be discussing a member research paper that the CIA is publishing this year. Entitled, A Mathematical Model for Assessing Impacts of Policies Related to Funding of Pension Plans, this paper introduces a simple model that can be used to assess the impact of funding reform proposals. Joining us to discuss his work is the author of this paper, CIA member, George Ma. Thanks very much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me, Chris.
0: So let's start off, maybe just give us your motivation for writing this research paper, and how does it relate it to the previous paper you did on PFAD designs?
1: Well, let me begin by giving some background information regarding my writing of the research paper. Defined benefit pension plans have been under significant financial pressure for a number of years in a challenging environment of falling interest rates and volatile equity market returns. This has led to a continuing decline in the number of active DB plans in the private sector. In the face of dropping DB plan coverage, several Canadian jurisdictions have implemented major reform changes to their pension legislation. The intent was to make the pension funding costs more stable and affordable for the employer while providing benefit security for members in the long term. By long term benefit security, we mean that the assets accumulated in a pension plan trust together with future contributions to the plan are expected to cover the plan's benefit obligations. By funding stability, we mean that year-over-year changes in required contributions should be as stable and predictable as possible. These two funding objectives do not always align with each other. For example, if any experience loss is made up within a short period of time, the plan's benefit obligations would be secure, but the required contribution payments could be rather unstable. On the other hand, If the loss is spread out and funded over a number of years, the contributions would be relatively more stable, but the benefits would be less secure. The challenge for government policymakers is to design a funding framework that strikes a proper balance between these competing objectives. Recent pension reforms across Canada have all adopted the so-called Going Concern Plus funding regime for DB plans. They either eliminate or lower the threshold for solvency funding. At the same time, they put in place two key measures to strengthen the going concern funding requirement. One is to adopt a shorter amortization period for funding deficiencies. And the other is to require the inclusion of a funding buffer in the funding requirement, which is called a provision for adverse deviations or PFAP. However, there are notable differences in the PFAT designs adopted by various jurisdictions. How the different sets of reform measures would impact the long-term funding level of a pension plan is not fully transparent to pension stakeholders. Major consulting firms have employed complex modeling and analytics to assess the impacts of the new funding requirements for their clients' pension plans. The models used for their study typically involve a specific plan design a demographic model and an economic time series for equity prices and long-term interest rates. Their research insights are privileged and only available to those who pay for their services. It was against this backdrop that I decided to explore new ways to evaluate the long-term impacts of funding reform changes. In my previous paper on PFAP designs, I performed a comparative analysis of three PFAP design alternatives with a focus on the effectiveness of stabilizing funding for pension plans under a changing interest rate environment. In order to also address the issue of long-term benefit security, I had to extend the model used for that analysis to fit in with a scenario of both changing interest rates and investment returns.
0: Okay, so can you briefly describe what is included in the model that you've developed in this most recent paper?
1: The model developed in my paper is based on a fundamental actuarial concept that links the liabilities of a pension plan between two valuation dates over a valuation period. The expected liabilities at the end of the period can be determined as the liabilities at the beginning of the period plus the normal cost less the expected benefit payments, and then adjusted for interest to the end of the period. I made an assumption regarding the membership profile of a plan which is either stationary, growing, or declining. On that basis, I derived some recursive formulas for projecting the assets, liabilities, and find the ratios of the plan under any given economic and investment scenario. The mathematics involved in my model are quite straightforward and should be easily followed by pension actuaries.
0: So, let's talk about some of the key findings in the paper, if you could just summarize those for us and maybe also talk about how the different membership profiles you looked at affected the results.
1: For illustrative purposes, I applied the model to examine the long-term impacts of three funding measures on a DB plan with a stationary membership profile. The three measures I considered were amortization rule, PFAT design, and investment policy. I selected a 20-year period from 2000 to 2020 as the modeling period. This period captures two major economic risks, which are declining long-term bond yields and volatile equity returns both would have a significant impact on the long-term funding level of a pension plan. A few takeaways were observed from the modeling results. On amortization rule, if deficits were paid off over a long period of time, contribution payments would be relatively more stable, but there's a risk that the cost of any funding deficit could be pushed indefinitely to the future this might potentially lead to a severe underfunding, which could jeopardize the continuity of a plan. To establish an appropriate amortization period for funding deficits, policymakers need to consider the trade-off between contribution stability and long-term benefit security. On PFAT design, I compared it to BFAT rule under the Ontario regulations. With that under the British Columbia regulations. For the monitoring period, the overall average of the BC PFAP would be significantly higher than the Ontario PFA. A higher level of PFA would provide more improvement to the funding level of a plan, and hence a greater protection of members' benefits. In designing a PFAP, government policymakers need to consider several issues. First, which types of risks are to be covered by PFAT? Second, what level of benefit security is to be achieved with a PFAT and over what time horizon? And third, what size of a PFAT is appropriate for a patient plan? The size of a PFAT should not be so large as to put an undue strain on the plan sponsor's cash resources. On investment policy, I applied the model to examine the funding impacts in respect of four investment strategies with different levels of equity exposure. Over the 20 year period between 2000 and 2020, my modeling showed that a riskier investment policy would result in a lower funding level. This was the case because equity investments underperformed bond investments during this period. Funding level under a riskier investment policy was also more volatile. A funding framework will have implications for the risk management strategies employed by pension plans. The Golden Concern funding requirement is typically determined using a discount rate based on the expected return on plan assets. Increasing the riskiness of the investment strategy would automatically improve the funding position of the plan and reduce the contribution requirements in the short term. However, the risk that the plan might not be able to accumulate sufficient assets to finance the plan's benefit obligations could increase over time. In developing a funding framework, government policymakers should be careful not to create incentives for pension plans to increase risk-taking. Such incentives Could be detrimental to the long term financial health of pension plans. I also looked at pension plans with a non stationary membership profile. My modeling results give two takeaway points. First, for a given investment strategy, a plan with declining membership would pose a greater funding risk than a plan with stable or growing membership. Second, plans with a declining membership profile would be less capable of risk bearing. Than plans with a stationary or growing membership profile. So, if a plan is closer to new members, it should depend less on risky assets to meeting its funding obligations. The plan's policy makers should take reasonable steps to direct its investment strategy into assets matching the demographic profile of the plan.
0: So I noticed you talked about target benefit plans in your paper as well. Was there anything interesting about that type of plan structure that you could talk about?
1: I developed the model with an initial focus on defined benefit plans. And then I found that the model could be adapted for a target benefit plan that adjusts benefits in a specific manner. Briefly speaking, a proportion of any unfunded liability or surplus will be applied as an adjustment to the member's benefits or the employer contributions every year. The adjustment is first made to the benefits paid to members up to a specified limit. Any remainder of the adjustment is applied as an increase or decrease to the contributions paid for by the employer or as a refund to the employer this target benefit plan design is interesting in that the risk of underfunding or overfunding is shared between the members and the employer. Members are the first to bear risk, but there's a limit on the amount of adjustments to their benefits.
0: So can you tell us how you think your research paper could potentially impact the pension practice area in general?
1: I think the model can help government policy makers resolve some policy issues affecting the continuity and sustainability of registered pension plans. I also think that the model can assist the plan sponsors or trustees in developing a funding or investment policy for their pension plans in line with the best practices of the pension industry.
0: To wrap up, do you have any other ideas for future research that you would like to share or additional thoughts on your research paper?
1: I'm going to close with three ideas on other potential applications of the model. One possible application is to develop a risk-based PFAT in conjunction with a stochastic economic environment. Another use of the model is to assess the risk sharing mechanism of a target benefit plan to determine if risk sharing across cohorts or generations of members is likely to be perceived as fair. The last application relates to the selection of discount rate assumption for going concern funding valuation. Discount rate is one of the most important assumptions for calculating the plan liabilities and funding requirements. Lower discount rates will result in a higher liability value and a lower funded ratio, all else being equal. Discount rates used by actuaries typically fall between the risk-free rate and expected return on plan assets. We can apply the model to shed light on the long-term funding implications from the choice of a discount rate.
0: Well, that was very informative. Uh, Thanks once again for discussing your paper with us today.
1: I want to thank the CIA for giving me this opportunity to share my research ideas with the profession. I hope pension practitioners will learn about the model And find it to be useful in addressing pension funding issues
0: very good and we ask everybody to watch for that paper that will appear on the CIA website we now have several dozen episodes in our podcast series so we would encourage you all to subscribe and you can do so through Spotify Apple or whatever platform you use to get your podcasts and if you like today's episode please leave us a five-star rating or a comment We would also like to hear from you, so please send any suggestions or episode ideas to podcasts at cia-ica.ca. And as usual, we are looking for content for our Seeing Beyond Risk blog. So if you have some ideas you would like to share, you can contact us at seeingbeyondrisk at cia-ica.ca. Until next time, I'm Chris Fivoli, and thank you for tuning in to Seeing Beyond Risk.